You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback, Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fant. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fant takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And so caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have exercised the demons. This house is clear. Okay, and we are live. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman, and he's been traveling, which is why we are slightly delayed tonight, getting his whole setup put together. And, you know, when you're you're on the road, uh, you guys have seen me do the pod when I'm on the road at times. When you're on the road, you're kind of dependent on whatever your hotel's Wi-Fi is. So let's all cross our fingers and hope that Zach's Wi-Fi holds holds up. How's your trip gone so far, brother? It's going well. My apologies, guys, for the uh, the late appearance tonight. It's Like Chad said, I get the Wi-Fi set up, getting all my equipment set up for the podcast. It just took a little bit, but I'm glad to be on here. And uh, it's nice to be in New York City. You know, it's a whole different environment here. Yeah, that is, man. Anyone, <clears throat> I mean, as somebody who's truly from the West, the one time I've been to New York City, to me, it felt like I was on a different planet. It was so different, you know, because in the West, everything goes outward, right? It goes, you know, your city starts in the center, you got your main street, and it kind of goes out like this. And not that it doesn't do that back East, but in New York City, it blew my mind. Everything just stacked on top of you. They ran out of room to do this a couple hundred years ago. So now they just go up, you know, they just build up and on their down, standing on the corner of of a random street in Manhattan and looking all four ways of the compass, as far as my eye could see, skyscrapers, just as yeah. far as you could see. It, there really is no, I'm not going to get all on a tangent about New York City, but there really is no place like it, Chad, in the entire, I would say the world. I mean, I haven't seen the entire world, but there's just between the buildings here and just the, the hustle and bustle, there really is no place like it. So uh, it's definitely an experience. I want to get your thoughts here on uh, what happened. Well, fortunately for the for Broncos fans who were you know tripping on it a little bit, you don't have to worry about Pat Shermer going anywhere because obviously that that job, he passed on it. He let him know, hey, I'm happy. I'm staying where I'm at with the Broncos. And the job went to Mel Tucker of CU. And that's basically been what's lit up Denver, uh, especially sports talk radio, Twitter especially as well. Uh, today is the way that Mel Tucker left all his new recruits and his team and CU hanging. This isn't a CU podcast, but – it does affect the Broncos because everyone was worried that maybe Pat Shermer was going to get caught up in that and get you know drawn away from Drew Locke and and all that. Even though we weren't too worried about it, just because of what we had been hearing. And even if he did leave, you still have Mike Shula. But nevertheless, right. that ship has sailed. Zach. 
Yeah, and you know what? We talked about this on the last pod, Chad, that it's 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 done. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. Shermer is the coordinator, and yet he did draw some interest from Michigan State, but that's a good uh, sign for the Broncos that their new coordinator was being hotly courted by another major program, an NCAA program, but he was never leaving. He said he's all in on um, the uh, the Broncos. He's met with the coaching staff already, so I like to hear that, that he's, you know, nothing's going to change his mind. He's all in with Drew Locke. He's all in with the Broncos, but to me, the fact that another program or football, whatever, wanted him as their head coach, it just is an important hire for the Broncos. It's a good look for them. Guys, we want to talk about Shelby Harris. I want to start kind of getting down to brass tacks in terms of what it's going to cost or what it would cost to re-sign the big four free agents. But first, a couple of really quick matters of business. Guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, as you can see here, at HuddleUpPod. Simply the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then don't forget, you guys, head on over to the new merch store. As you can see right here, this hat. You can get one for yourself stitched, all right? It's nice. You got hashtag football priest. Jeez, I, it's always reversed, so I have a hard time knowing ooh, where my finger's going. But as you can see, flat bill, flat brim, Broncos colors. This hat has been our number one bestseller so far on the merch store, and it was created not only the hat but the entire store by your popular demand. It's easy to get to, huddleuppod.com. I'll put it in the in the comment stream so you guys can have an easy click. And uh, go check it out. We're adding, c- continuing to add products like we've been telling you. We have teamed up with a guy who's going to be running this for us, adding products, taking care of each and every one of you when an order comes in, goes out the whole nine yards. We've been a little bit slower getting new products up than we would like because we got to take care of the content first, and that is writing articles at milehighhuddle.com, doing these podcasts, making videos. That comes first, but we are we are taking it seriously, and go check it out. And, Zach, what we've seen so far is just a massive um, groundswell for this and the and the, the blue hoodie. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten a lot of orders and interest with that. I mean, I have my own hat coming, I think, Friday, Chad. I'm excited to wear it as well. It's it's very well made. The stitching is is, is very personalized for the hat with for the brand. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've gotten a lot of feedback, all positive. And uh, if you want to support the brand, go check out the store. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint 
unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. And by the way, Stu, I just put an order in for you, buddy. Um, you got a hat coming your way, so watch for it. You know, probably first and next week. You might get it sooner than that. A hat and the the blue hoodie is coming to you, buddy, for for yes. uh, your support. We appreciate very you. well deserved. Absolutely, but guys, um, let's turn the page real quick here. We see the super chats. Wow. Well, we we can't we can't wait on this one. Let me let me find it. Hold on. This is unbelievable, Christy. From the top wow. rope. Thank you, Christy. Huge donation. Thank you. For chat. $50. Christy, we appreciate you. Have we sent Christy a shirt before? Yes. All right. Christy, email us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and tell us what you like that's on the merch store right now. Let's get something sent out to you. because Thank you so you, much. Yes. You and Stu, especially, are our, our, our two biggest super chat superstars supporting the show. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, let's get to some content real quick here. First and foremost, Zach, what I wanted to touch on, then we'll get to the four free agents, the big four, as I like to call them, was the tweet that came from friend of the show, Benjamin Albright, on the subject. And I see a couple of the other super chats. We'll get to you, I promise. Our friend of the show, Benjamin Albright, tweeting that the Indianapolis Colts have a legitimate interest, he's hearing, in Shelby Harris. And I don't think they're going to be the only team because, as, as we've talked about before, there is a lot to like about Shelby Harris. He hasn't reached that, you know, no turning back point of, of 30. He's not over the hill yet. He's still 29 or he's going to be 29 when the football season starts. Spot track has his cost or his expected market value hovering around $12 million per year. What are your thoughts on the Indianapolis Colts having interest and what do you think that will do to any you know potential negotiations with the Broncos coming back. Well, I mean, any team that's going to up the offer into the 12-13 range is going to put more pressure on the Broncos to meet that number. But knowing Elway, he has a number already in mind, and he's not going to come up to that. Shelby Harris would have to come down to that, and it's not probably going to happen. The Colts are a team that have a lot of salary cap space that are pretty much built to win now, and they need defensive help. They need a pocket pusher, and that's exactly what Shelby Harris is. I would expect him to get a ton of interest on the open market. He will. The Colts are just the, the first domino to drop as the rumors start to percolate here. But uh, the more interest in him, it's just going to up his value more, and uh, it's going to take him further away from the Broncos. It's looking like 12 is the baseline right now for Shelby Harris. I don't think Elway's going that high, Chad. And again, like I like Shelby Harris. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sure that he should go that high because Shelby Harris, the, the one thing that I continually have to come back to when I'm weighing pros and cons with regard to Shelby Harris, Zach, it's his ability to make that – impact play in crunch time when the chips are down. Yep. And I can't think, aside from Von Miller, and it's honestly been a while since Von Miller's made a play like this, but aside from, let's just say, the Von Miller of, of old, I can't think of a current Bronco who has found a way to make game-changing plays in the clutch, of late anyway, like Shelby Harris has been able to do. No one else. There's There really isn't hasn't been anybody. Von Miller, for whatever reason, basically the last two years – you know, when the chips are down and you need that strip sack. I mean, if you think back to 2015, every time the Broncos needed a play, it felt like Von Miller was there. In the fourth quarter, boom, he'd make something happen, especially during that playoff run. Been a long time, you know, since he had a, he had a good six, 2016, good 2017. 
2018 was a solid year for him too. I think 14 and a half sacks, but still those game-changing plays have been few and far between. That's the one thing Shelby Harris brings to the table. Right. But again, he's just, for me, not quite consistent enough as both a run defender and a pass rusher to say, yeah, let's peel off $12 million, especially when you've got Derek Wolf. And I want to get into some of the salary ranges where we can kind of project all these guys will land. But especially when you can get a guy like Derek Wolf coming back at probably close to the same It'll probably cost about the same to get Derek Wolf back on an APY perspective, but at least you know Derek Wolf is a fit and he thrives in Vic Fangio's scheme. And the only other one on defense as of late with that clutch gene would be Will Parks that I can think of, Chad. Other than that, though, like you said, there's been no one who stepped up to make a consistently big play in crunch time like Shelby Harris. That being said, I'm a big fan of Harris's. I don't see the Broncos poning up $13, $14 million for the reasons you mentioned. You have to pay Justin Simmons. You might bring back Derek Wolf, And also the fact that you developed or drafted a guy in the second round, Demarcus Walker. You drafted a guy in the third round, Draymond Jones. You have young guys waiting in the wings, and you want returns on those investments as well. So if you shove out 12, 13 for Shelby Harris, that pushes the other players down the depth chart. I'd rather the Broncos go a little younger and cheaper by having, let's say, Draymond Jones start, bring back Derek Wolf on a two-year deal, incentive-laden deal, and if a push comes to shove, let Shelby Harris walk. I like him a lot. I think he's a really good impact player, but the interest he's getting and the price range that he wants, and he admitted that this is his first foray into free agency. It's probably the best shot at the open market he's going to get in his career. 13-14 is a little too rich for my blood. Love the guy, but I don't see the Broncos shelling out that time. That's yeah, I mean, right, right now I'm looking at – hold on one second, Zach. Keep, keep – actually, no. I was having a, a dog attack. Bear with me one second here, you guys. I don't want that coming through. Well, while, while you do that, I want to address one thing in the comments yeah. that said uh, three people <laughs> apparently think I, sh- I tweeze my eyebrows, and I can promise you guys I don't do that. So I'll take it as a compliment, but nope, I don't do that. All right, sorry, sorry about that, you guys. All right, let's. I want to touch on really quick. No, the he, he, what self-respecting man tweezes his eyebrow? I'm, I'm sure there's a lot, some of you out there that do it, but my wife probably wishes I did. Well, actually, I don't think she does wish that I did. To be honest with you, that's that would be weird. <laughs> Let me get to salaries real quick on the topic of Derek Wolf and Shelby Harris. Now, again, Spot Track has set Harris's value at around 12 million. They don't have one set quite yet for Derek Wolf, but. I'm here to tell you it's going to be dang close. And if you look at spot track, I'm not going to do a screen share on this, but where I think Wolf is probably going to, because he's talked about, he's like, hey, look, I, I'm willing to listen to the Broncos basically on a, on a team-friendly type of basis, but I don't want to be a sucker. I don't want to be taken advantage of. It has to feel fair. And I think in order for, for Derek Wolf, and, and that's me paraphrasing what he said, but I think in order for him to feel like it's fair, he's going to have to fall somewhere between – $9.5 million per year, Zach, which would put him as somewhere around the 30 to 31st highest paid defensive end slash defensive tackle in the NFL, not counting edge, you know, not counting the, the stand-up pass rusher guys, but actual defensive linemen. And $9.5 million to probably somewhere around $13 million. Now, with – Derek Wolf, you're you're signing him to maybe three years, and the first two years are guaranteed, and the the third year is a team option type deal. Could you live with paying Derek Wolf ten somewhere between ten to thirteen million per year, Zach, on a short term basis? 
I can live with that on the surface, but I want to see what the guarantees are, how it's structured, what the cap hits are. That's what's most important to me. He's no spring chicken, Derek Wolf, and he gets, obviously, he's very injury prone. So if they're sky high salary cap hits, that's different. But if it's just 10 a year, uh, manageable salary cap hits, fairly low guarantees for a guy of his age and of his, you know, of injury history, I wouldn't mind it. But other than that, higher than that, you're, you know, you're talking about $11 million. What's another million dollars? Bring back Shelby Harris, then. You know what I'm talking about? So, yeah. 10 for Derek Wolf versus 12 for Shelby Harris. It all depends on how it's structured to me. Guys, I want to keep talking about these free agents, but I, I want to get to some of these comments here and involve you guys in this conversation. Um, the the hack, when he, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, so forgive me, but this is a cool comment. Back then, as a child, I used to take two buses to get to an expat store in Mexico city to get the Denver post for my Broncos fix. Now I just tune in to mile high huddle and get all the info I need. And then awesome. some, that's a really cool, that's, that's really cool to, to us. And also Evan here, he, he auto corrected himself later in two, two posts, two comments down. Nick, Thanks, Chad and Zach, he corrected <laughs> that for letting me become a super chat superstar. Y'all are awesome. I love how interactive you are with the viewers. Keep up the great work and keep rocking the swag. Appreciate that. Now let me uh, let me get down here to. I don't want to miss anybody here. Bear with us, guys, because this the super chats are coming in hot and heavy. Buona Beast, I'm gonna. Well, let's grab this because I don't want to lose the comment. He says, "What draft pick number would you trade a future first from 2021 for, and which player would you pick up with that additional pick? What draft what? pick number would you trade a future first from 2021 for?" I'm thoroughly confused with that. Yeah, question. I'm not sure what you're saying there, buddy. And which player would you pick up? What draft pick number? I'm not sure what you're saying there, dog. Like, which of the 2021 draft picks would the Broncos trade this year? I, I don't know the question. If yeah, you can clarify in the comments section, we'll answer it for sure. Yeah, circle back on that. Mark jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Mark. you, Mark. $5 donation. What would the offense look like if you two football priests were in charge? Chad always <laughs> looks against it. Zach got the Pernica. Always oh, Pernica. And you know this, man. <laughs> Um, what would the offense look like? You know, explosive. It would, probably, it would be definitely explosive, but it would probably try and, and look a uh, a lot like what the Broncos. You know, I'm a I'm a big believer in straddling the the traditional line of what you the the tried and true West Coast offense, but in the ways that the new you know the cutting edge guys in the NFL have have evolved it, like the Kyle Shanahan's and the Sean McVay's of the world. I think that's what the Broncos are trying to do with Pat Shermer, utilizing though a lot more spread, which is similar to uh, to both those guys. All right, let me let me scroll to the bottom here. I don't want to miss anybody because these are coming in hot. All right, Dylan on Super Chat five dollar donation. MH had a collaborative mock draft podcast last year. Are we going to see another one this year? And will it be live? We are planning on doing that again. Um, it's unclear yet exactly whether or not it's going to be live, Dylan. And by the way, thank you for the donation. That means a ton. We do plan on doing it, Zach, but mm -hmm. I, I think we are restricted on the platform we use to stream to all our different social media channels. I'm not sure. I think it's six. It might be less than that. If it is six, um, no, I don't, want, I don't want to go out on a limb. I'm not sure exactly how many. I know for sure we can do three. Be above and beyond that, I have to do research. So what that means, those worst-case scenario – when we produce that podcast, it's going to be worst case scenarios. It'll just be an, an audio version. It might not be live, Zach. But those are fun. We we enjoy doing those. 
Yeah, those War Room Roundtable, you know, podcasts are some of my most favorite every year. So we will for sure, I don't know about being live for the reasons that you just laid out, but we will for sure be including the draft guys this year for another uh, Roundtable podcast. Steven jumps in from wow. the top row. Big Thank time. you, Thank Steve. you, Steve. That's, that's huge. That's Four amazing. $5 donation. Thank you. Um, has Steven been on our list? Yes. All right. I'm going to find you. Uh, our shirt list. Yeah, I'm going to find you on uh, the email thread that we've communicated on and um, set something up for the very near future on getting you maybe a hat, Steve, because that's yeah, – Thank that's you, Steve. Man. We appreciate you. Yeah. Let's grab here what Duke is saying on uh, YouTube. What do you guys think about getting Eric Armstead in free agency? Look, here's the thing, Zach. I like Eric Armstead, but you're going to be paying top dollar to get Eric Armstead, and right. I'm not necessarily opposed to that, but – the one thing is for sure, the Broncos, and this was something the building, the Broncos guys touched on, I think it was on, on yesterday's live pod, but it the defensive line is up there as a need right next to cornerback because as, as high as both of you and I are on Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker, they are completely unproven. They have they've flashed a lot of potential at times, but they are unproven when it comes to being a starter. And meanwhile, the other three guys, with the exception of Mike Purcell, well, even Mike Purcell is a restricted free agent, so your entire starting defensive line is hitting free agency. And in the best-case scenario, absolute best-case scenario, you're able to get one – well, Derek Wolf and Adam Gotsis or Shelby Harris and Adam Gotsis. You're not going to get both Derek Wolf and Shelby Harris back. Right. So let's just assume, though, it's Derek Wolf is, is a for sure. You can get him back probably. Maybe not for sure, but good chance you're getting Derek Wolf back. You still – and you get your middle-of-the-road, I would say, Mike Purcell's maybe just a little bit better than a jag at nose tackle, but still a guy you can count on to start and shut down the run. You still need to solve that other starting position on the defensive line. Now, if you could go out and land an Eric's an Eric Armstead and get that length and that ability to pass rush. And I would love it, but it's going to, it's going to cost you probably about as uh, close to what it would cost to get Chris Jones. Right. And that's my point. I mean, Eric Armstead is going to be expensive. And if the Broncos are not going to sign Shelby Harris because they want to save money at that position. And if they're not going to care about money, they can just resign Shelby Harris for the same price that Armstead would cost. So um, I don't see him going that route. If anything, they'll bring back Derek Wolf on a cheaper deal than what either Armstead or Harris will bring. But good player. I don't see him in Denver. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's see what we got here. Stu jumps in, as always. So consistent. We love you, you, Stu. $25 donation. Thank you. Thank you, you. man. And it's good to have you back. It's been a few pods since we've seen you, so we're glad to see you and have you back. Uh, Let's see here from Sleek Tro. TPS thinks that the Broncos will win their next Super Bowl by 2030 or later. What do you guys think? What is TPS? That doesn't sound familiar to me. The something. I don't (laughs) – I haven't heard of that. Uh, what? But the, to the notion of the Broncos winning their next Super Bowl by 2030 or later, well, that's 10 years. That's probably fair, to be honest with you. It's it's fair to put that as like, you know, the over-under, I think, probably 10-year window. Like 
John Elway was what 15 years into his career before he won a Super Bowl. I mean, he had been to several, but he didn't win one until he was 15 years in. Peyton Manning won one in 2006, so whatever that was, his eighth or ninth season, and then he won it again in 2015. It's going to take time. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs caught lightning in a bottle with with Patrick Mahomes. That whole th- that's an outlier, and it's not to say that you can't try and you know be copycats or hope for similar results. But you're you, you're going to get too far out over, over your skis. It's going to take time for them to build this the organic way. And you know, John Elway, his contract's up in 2021 at the end of 2021. And so, if he decides to pass the baton and you know either take a different role with the team or retire and step away from the team, if he if Drew Lock ends up panning out as the future and franchise quarterback of this team, Elway's legacy will be intact. He brought a Super Bowl. To this, to this team as a front office guy, and he found the future that can carry this team to 2030 and beyond. But I think it's fair. I think it's fair as well. I mean, I don't really – it doesn't matter who's in charge, who's running the team. If Drew Locke pans out to be the franchise quarterback, they will have multiple Super Bowls by 2030 in the next 10 years. They already have the defense in place to be a championship contender. If that offense can just step up and Drew Locke pans out, they will be in the Super Bowl, I would say, the next five years, let alone 10 years. So, yeah, if Drew Locke goes according to plan, the Broncos will have another ring well before the next decade. Jedi Josh, longtime listener of the show, jumping in, showing Thank some love on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Josh. That means the world to Thank us. You. <clears throat> he says, given the cap space the Broncos have, I feel a DJ Reader, Eric Armstead, or Jordan Phillips would be more consistent for the scheme. Don't catch you guys much, but I listen at work. You guys still kill it. Yeah, yeah. well, it's good to have you live, brother, and be participate in the conversation. That's what's cool about these live pods is we know that there are many thousands of our listeners who can't catch it live and listen after the fact is just a pure podcast. And we appreciate you guys checking that out. But what's cool about the live aspect is you contribute to the conversation. And so we appreciate you doing that, Josh. You know, I like each one of those guys and I don't disagree with you, Josh, that, uh, you know, they could be more, more fitting to the scheme. I'm just not sure the Broncos you know, look, $60 million is a lot of cap space, and that's before you do anything with Flacco, and that's before you do anything with Ron Larry. So maybe I'm being too conservative. But I think Elway is going to try and be a little bit more value-oriented because he's probably a little gun-shy from last year. I can see that as well, and I'm not a big advocate of spending just to spend, even if the Broncos have excess cap space. I mean, Locks going to need a contract in a few years. Philip Lindsay's going to need a contract. Corlton Sutton, they have to put aside some rainy day money, too, to have – um, for the players that are in their own system already, let alone outside players. But Justin Simmons needs a new deal. Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris, you whittle that down already, then you're down $10 million. So it's not that much money. It's not $100, 150000000 million in free space. Armstead, too expensive. DJ Reader, a middle-of-the-pack type. I can live with that. But I'd rather the Broncos lock down their own free agents first and then explore the open market. Really quick, he's not in the comment stream, but... Brandon Mingo has reached out many times on Facebook with questions, and I keep telling him, yeah, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll grab you on the pod. <clears throat> then we get into the live pod, and it's all the live questions from our listeners, and I have totally spaced answering Brandon's questions. So, Brandon, apologies for that. Let's grab these here. Um, he wants to know, Zach, what are your thoughts? He says, I've got a question for the pod. Do you think Peyton Manning would buy the Denver Broncos, or do you think John Elway would buy the team? Zach, before you answer, the one thing that Brandon and any any listener or fan of the Broncos might have on that topic is you got to keep in mind that even Peyton Manning, with all the money he made in the NFL, 
He doesn't have billions. All right. It costs billions to buy an NFL club. So what that would mean is Peyton, like he, he's tried to do was no, was he involved in that deal? I'm, I'm, I might be confusing it, but you become part of a buying a, an ownership group type deal. And I wouldn't put it past him, Zach, but what are your thoughts? I mean, even at a percentage, I think it's like, what, 8% or whatever you need to put down to own a team. That's still, I think, the this totality of Peyton Manning's net worth, even with all his money. So um, I could see him being in a front office czar like John Elway, maybe, but I don't see him owning a team. Maybe like you said, Chad, like a Derek Jeter type where he buys in with another group or whatever. I could see that happening, but... Elway, too. He doesn't have the money. I don't think the interest in owning the Broncos, I think he's comfortable with the role he's in right now because, you know what, he pretty much owns the Broncos anyway. Without Pat Bowen in the picture, he runs that organization. So, no, I don't see him as the owner. I don't see Peyton Manning even being a GM in the NFL. I think his that's a narrative that is not very in tune with reality. I think Peyton's enjoying his free time. He's enjoying his money and enjoying any opportunity that comes across. I mean, he can do whatever he wants or nothing. It's just it's a matter of preference. And there are a lot of teams. I mean, credit to John Elway that he has his detractors. But John Elway changed the game for former players stepping in to front office roles without having to climb the ranks as a scout. You know, the, the Dolphins tried it back in the day with Dan Marino. It was a short-term disaster. didn't work out. He was in and out before you knew it. And so when Elway, if you guys can think back to 2011, when he first came in, Mr. B brought him in, I mean – the, the NFL outside world was extremely skeptical. Even though Elway had some experience with the Arena League, running a football team and all that, they were extremely skeptical. But the success he had, winning a world championship, it's opened the doors because before that it was Ozzie Newsom. But Ozzie Newsom, he came up through the ranks as a scout working through the Cleveland Browns and then the Baltimore Ravens. So like he paid his dues as a front office guy to get to be, become a football guy, to become a true GM. Whereas Elway stepped in out of kind of left field to take over that operation. And so he opened the doors. And that's and since then you've seen guys like John Lynch get an opportunity. Peyton Manning, I think he could get almost any job out there he wanted to in a front office if he really wanted it. Right. Which tells me that, you know, he if he does ever choose to go down that road, Zach, it's gonna be um with a team that in my opinion. This, and this isn't me making a bold prediction. It would be either a team that he has a history with, mm -hmm. like the Broncos or the Colts. But I feel like if he wanted to already, he would have done that. I mean, I'm sure the Colts have offered that. There's been rumors spreading ever since he left that organization he's going to come back in some executive role. I'm sure the Broncos would find a way. I don't know what title he would get with the Broncos, but I'm sure they'd find a way to have him in the front office. He has... Any job he wants at any time, it's just a matter of wanting that job. And I don't think Peyton Manning is there yet to be back into the NFL that closely where he's in the front office. I think he just likes being Peyton Manning and just having that retirement to do whatever he wants with. Let's grab Shane here. He says, go Broncos. Hey, guys, finally on here live. Who do you guys want for draft picks? Last year, our weakness was middle linebacker, but we solved that issue. Shane, there's a lot of guys that we like. Um my focus is in free agency, you're filling holes, you're bolstering the defense, you're, you know, maybe you're trying to fill some spots on o, on the O-line, whether it's a guy like Joe Thune from New England. Uh, I always – Scherf from, from Washington, I always space his name off the top of my head. But in the draft, it's all about building that nest around lock. Even though it's not, it's like, it's not like their entire draft hall is going to be all offensive guys, in round one, I'm all about grabbing Tristan Wirfs if you can. Yep. Um, I'm all about grabbing – in round one, doesn't necessarily have to be an offensive guy, but a blue chip non-wide receiver. I'm I'm kind of anti grabbing that wide receiver in the first round 
because there are going to be so many good guys that you can get similar ability early day two, round three, even into round four and beyond. So it's all about building that nest. There's a lot of guys we're in love with. I mean, shoot, Isaiah Simmons is a, is a middle linebacker slash DB hybrid that you could bring in and the queen kid from LSU. There's a, there's a lot of interesting players in this class. Yeah, Christian Fulton's another one. I mean, there's a lot of defensive players the Broncos can go with in round one. And I'm not saying, like Chad said, there's not going to be an entirely offensive uh, dominated draft. I think a lot of mock drafts that have just receiver, receiver, running back, tight end, I mean, offensive line, they're going to have some defensive players. But I think, and this is my opinion, the first couple picks should be offensive. The Broncos can help it. They need to help out Drew Locke no matter what it takes. Offensive line and wide receiver too. They need to make sure he is built up with the best protection and the best weapons around him. That is how the Broncos are going to compete. We just talked about the Super Bowl, them winning a title. That's contingent on the Broncos' offense and contingent on Drew Locke. If they can get that going, they have something. All right, let's see what we got here from uh, Josh on Super Chat. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate you, you, bro. Should we not re-sign either one and get someone else? He's talking, of course, about Harris and Wolf, Shelby Harris. That's a fair question. Like maybe neither one is is a is a great option. Maybe you should be just putting all your chips in on an Eric Armstead or a Chris Jones or a couple of the guys. Uh, Reader that was mentioned by Josh earlier. I don't think so. However, I think I think the Broncos. You know, Derek Wolf is a John Elway guy. He's uh, he's loyal, and you can count on him. And even though he's had some injury issues, coaches love him. Players love him. And John Elway. Loves him some Derek Wolf. I think they're going to do what they can to get Derek Wolf back. And then, you know, as far as the other side, they'll probably find a way to spend at the position and see if they can get in on Eric Armstead or if they end up cutting Calais Campbell in in, in Jacksonville or Chris Jones. We'll see how it shakes out, Zach. I'd be really surprised if the Broncos did not re-sign one of either Harris or Wolf. They can't let the defensive line go that uh, you know, bear with Gotsis being a free agent as well and having no really backups behind him besides Marcus Walker and Draymond Jones. So one of them will return. It's a matter of opinion which one should return, but they're not going to have to face a decision, I think, of, of losing both those players. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Colton jumps in on Super Chat with the $10 donation. Appreciate you, Thank Colton. You, Colton. He says, love your pod, boys. Don't stop doing what you're doing. DB, never for life. We won't. Stu has a question. This was an interesting story. Chris Harris Jr. has retweeted two different stories, outside stories, one from, I believe, NFL Network, one from ESPN, that is predicting him landing with the Chiefs. And, the, and you know, naturally fans and media are reading into, why are you doing that, Chris? Do you want to go to Kansas City? Or is this you kind of passively, aggressively – signaling to the Broncos, hey, there's a demand. Hey, look, this I could I could land to the most hated rival that you have. It's a definitely something, though, that he even talked about in that conversation with Rich Eisen back in January that he thinks he'd be a great fit there. Now, he didn't go overboard and saying, I love the Chiefs or I, you know, they are such a good team. I can't wait. I'd love to be there. It's not like that's what he was saying, but when asked point blank, bluntly, what about the Chiefs? He said, yeah, I think I could fit in there. Yeah, you know, no big deal. And then he's retweeting this. What are your thoughts? 
I mean, I know he's a big fan of Mahomes, so that makes sense. They just won a Super Bowl, so he's going to try to hop on that bandwagon. I think he thinks that the Chiefs will spend because they need more defensive help. I don't know what his his mindset is, but um, um, it doesn't surprise me that he wants to maybe stick it to the Broncos as well, Chad, by going to their hated rival. He has obviously acrimony with John Elway, so that's why he, he might be fanning the flames there. I'd be surprised though, if they splurge on Chris Harris Jr. They have a lot of decisions to make, starting with Chris Jones in that defense. Okay, guys, we got, uh, we're running out of time tonight, unfortunately, because we had to start a little bit late, but we're going to grab these remaining super chats and then uh, catch you tomorrow for the Mile High Mailbag. Mark jumps back in with a $5 donation on super chat. Zach Perna, chat has been lying to you. He is a full time kicker. He kicked a 75 yard down. It's <laughs> out on Dog Nation. I get that a lot. It started with the, uh, with the MHH dudes, the staffers saying that I look like, what's his name? Rod- Rodrigo. I don't even know the, the Georgia kicker. I've, I don't even know the oh uh, Blanken Blankenship. I think that's what his name He's is. He's your doppelganger. You have to know his name, Chad. I know. See, I don't. But anyway, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a common thing. Google it, you guys. Just Google Georgia kicker, and you tell me if I look like that dude. All right, um, Jeff Cohen from Twitter jumps in on super chat. Appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. He says on Shermer, he's not excitable, not a wizard offensive mind, is conservative, not a Drew Lock fit. Daniel Jones is like that. Should should have kept Scangarello. So Jeff is not high on the Shermer hire. I'm not sure, you know, about excitable. I'm not sure what you mean by that in terms of his personality or just overall the hire doesn't excite you. I, I would pick a bone with you, Jeff, on the not an offensive wizard uh, and the whole being conservative. I Everything I've studied on him and talking to people and looking at the analytics, I think it's that doesn't quite line up. But Zach um, – I think he'll be. I think Drew Lock. My own, we've talked about this many times since the Shermer hire was made. I think Drew Lock is extremely fortunate at this point in his career to go from a very inexperienced guy in Rich Gingarello, where basically you're asking Drew Lock to grow with a, a coordinator who is also himself growing, but now he's being teamed up with two veteran coaches, not only from an X's and O's perspective, but from a teaching technique perspective. This is a perfect storm for him. So. Jeff, that's honestly, uh, that's not something I I share brain with you. Yeah, Chad, you laid it out perfectly. And you know what? The most exciting part of this whole move is what you mentioned. Drew Locke getting two quarterback whisperers who've been in the game, have skin in the game, and can show results and pull receipts. Scangarello was billed as a quarterback whisperer, quote-unquote, but it didn't come out on the wash. You saw what happened last year. I didn't like the move either. I railed against it, but I'm coming around to it because they have experience. If this can help take Locke to the next level, the Broncos had to make that move, and they wouldn't have done it if they did not have faith that Locke could be taken to that next level. So I'm excited. I'm hopeful. I'm a little cautious. I want to see how it plays out, but I like the way the Broncos are trending with experience on their coaching staff. All right, Terry up in Canada proving once again that Broncos country is not a geographic Yes, location, sir. but a state of being. He says, I think uh, Devontae Freeman from uh, the Falcons could help if the Falcons release him. Do do we think so? Um, I'm not huge on that. I think he's kind of, you know, with running backs, you got to strike while the, while the iron's hot. And by that, I mean get them while they're young, while they still got plenty of tread left on those tires. Freeman might still have a little bit left on his, but that's not the guy that I think you bring in to solve all your problems as a compliment to Philip Lindsay, in my opinion. 
Right, I'm with you. I think, to me, he has too many miles on his tires, Chad, for a guy who is a, a runner and a receiver. And he, he looked last year in Atlanta, he looked completely worn down and broken down. He's only, I think, 28, but he looks like he's playing like he's 35. If there's any veteran and pending you know, free agent the Broncos should go after, it's David Johnson, if only for his pass-catching prowess. But I'd rather the Broncos fill that backup running back slot through the draft, keep building young instead of blowing money on injury-prone older veteran players. Ron jumps in with a $5 donation on Super Chat, becoming one of our superstars on Super Chat. Thank you, Ron. He says, we need an upgrade at ILB. Todd Davis is good, but we need a three-down thumper. I want to bring in Danny Trevathan and draft one. I even like Joe Schobert. Thoughts? Ron, to be honest with you, when it comes to free agent options, those are the top two in my book. It would be Schobert number one. Don't get me wrong, I love Danny Trevathan, but you got injury history that you got to worry about with him. Those would be, would be the two veteran options for me at the top of the list. But yeah, it, to me, you grab one of those guys, and you and you maybe, you know, if depending on what it will cost to get one of these guys, you might end up not picking up Todd Davis's option this year, which would save you five million on the cap. But I'm not advocating for the Broncos to do that. But if it takes, if it's going to take you some some coin to grab Schobert, that's might be a decision you have to make. But I'm high on Trevathan. I'm high on Schobert as options for the Broncos in 2020. And grab someone, you know, like again, if if you have Isaiah Simmons there in the first round, take him and get your wide receiver later on. If you can get Queen later in, you know, trade up <clears throat> back into the back end of the first round or grab him early in the second round, whatever it might be. But uh both those fr- those veteran guys, those are the two that that are at the top of my list. Yeah, as am I. I'm I'm also high on them. Also, Corey Littleton from the Rams, another inside linebacker name that the Broncos could go after. This is actually one position I would not mind the Broncos throwing money at or a veteran to play next to a young guy in AJ Johnson. But as Vic Fangio showed last year, he doesn't really put an onus on inside linebacker. The Broncos aren't going to open the checkbook for an inside linebacker. So anyone who wants Sherbert, Schobert, whatever his name is, uh, probably have to realign their expectations this offseason. All right, guys, three more, starting here with Chase jumping in on Super Chat. He says, I read about trading for Stephon Diggs. He's connected to Schumer, and his salary is only $10 million, I believe. What do you think they would want? Minnesota, a second plus a fourth? I think they're going to try to get a first-rounder if they try and deal him. And the reason this is even a question is because he's made some mercurial tweets, and it's been connected since then by some fan blogs, some blogs in the Broncos uh, realm. You know, connecting the dots, digs to to Denver. Now you got Schumer and the Broncos need a number two. To me, I don't like I don't, it. Yeah. I, I would rather go into the draft, to be honest with you, than go pay, pay this guy ten million, right. especially and giving up the capital it would take to get him. As you say, a second and a fourth rounder. You know, probably at the at the second is probably the the lowest they'll go for Diggs, a second round pick. And I'm saying, I would rather go get a guy like you're probably going to be able to get a. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State in the second round if you're the Broncos. Denzel Mims in the third or fourth round. Like There are some legit guys, and guess what? They don't cost $10 million for the first four years they're in the league. They're, right. they're, they're costing a fraction of that for the entire four years as opposed to the $10 million. So it's not that I don't like Diggs, Zach. It's just I think for where the Broncos are at, they've got their established, dominant number one wideout in Cortland Sutton. Now it's just about getting the compliment that can add some dynamic – aspects to this offense and not to say the digs couldn't do that but it's a cost value issue for me 
I'm right there with you. I don't know why this rumor started or why it's continuing to matriculate through Broncos country, but I'd rather if in a, in a, a scenario where the Broncos want their number two, I'd rather the Broncos trade those two picks, a second and the fourth rounder for Jerry Judy or for a, a rugs. If they want to get that guy, as opposed to trading those picks for a veteran who like Chad mentioned, the cap hit is astronomical. They're going to have to make Cortland Sutton soon. So, He's not even the receiver the Broncos need in this offense. So they need a burner, a true speedy burner. Diggs is more of a, of a possession guy, more of a Cortland Sutton than he is Emmanuel Sanders, to use that kind of um, yeah. uh, you know comparison. So I don't like this at all. I don't know why this has started, but I'm going to put an end to the Diggs rumor. He is not coming to Denver, and I don't think he should. Mr. Boggins jumps in on Super Chat. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Under Boggins. your head, who will be the Broncos' first-round pick? One name. Mm. Mm. I got two. Go first. One for each position. I think receiver, to me, I'm feeling rugs. I don't know why I think that. I just think that um, uh, he's just the, uh, high on the Broncos board and also worse at tackle. I think if he can fall to Denver at 15, they will pull the trigger immediately, get that, that protector for Drew Locke. So those are two names that come to mind, gun to my head, and what's in my, my intuition right now. Okay. Again, it's not the way I would do it, but the one other name I would throw in there is LaVisca Chenault from Colorado as mm. a likely candidate. But this brings up something Holden uh, is bringing up, Eric's article about uh, the wide receiver evaluation and how Ruggs stacks up. For those of you, is he more of a bust than a hit like Tyreek Hill? What he's getting at is, uh, without recapitulating the entire story, is that there are some analytics, and you can head over to milehighhuddle.com right now and read Eric Trickle's article. There are some analytics out there that would suggest that because, um, well, I'm not going to go through all the analytics, but just reason to doubt that Ruggs is going to be that next Tyreek Hill, you know, that he's going to be worthy of a first round pick that he's because he didn't post what's called a dominator rating in college. He never got to the threshold of, of posting a 20 dominator rating. What that means, I'm not going to, we're too late in the show to go down that rabbit hole. Go read the article at milehighhuddle.com. All Eric was saying in that is that the Broncos need to factor in that he never rugs at any point in his college career accounted for 20% of his team's yards, touchdowns, and receptions, which is a governing metric now the way teams are evaluating wide receivers. Uh, did you ever have a – at any point in your in your collegiate career, did you have a year where you, your production accounted for 20% of your team's production? And rugs never had that. That's all Eric is saying is you got to be aware. you got to wonder why that is. Zach, it could simply be a matter of – how many mouths there are to feed in the Alabama offense. I mean, you've got Jerry Judy, you've got Smith, you've got great running backs throughout his entire career at Alabama. There's only one football to go around. So you can explain away, and Eric brings that up in his article, you can explain it away, and it could be an outlier, but at the same time, it's all part of the pre-scouting, it's all part of the pre-draft scouting process that you got to factor in and maybe go with someone like a, um, that you can, that you know has has flashed that dominator rating at a young age in college, like a Lavisca Chenault, like a, even a Jerry Judy, and and like a C.D. Lamb. If you want to maximize your odds of hitting on that wide receiver. I mean, just like I'm not crazy about pro comparisons where like Drew Locke was compared to Patrick Mahomes, let's say. I'm not crazy about comparing a player to a current player and holding that current player's, um, you know, negative traits against that, you know, the, the player he's being compared to. I mean, he's his own guy. He's going to be his own guy in the NFL. And we don't know. We're, we're not wizards. We don't have crystal balls. I mean, if we did, we wouldn't be doing the show right now. He's going to be a good pro, but it's 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 a lot to be seen where he goes 
how high he goes in the draft and the system he's in, that will determine if he's a bust or not. Not because he's drawn loose comparisons to Tyree Kill. He's his own player. We have to let that play out in the NFL. All right. Last one here from our friend Larry, one of our super chat superstars, Broncos fan number 24 on YouTube with a $20 donation. Thank you, Larry. I don't have a question. I just want to help keep the lights on. Thank you. Well, that's it. Uh, that's exactly what you're doing, brother. We appreciate you so much. Humbling. And uh, Christy actually brought up another one of the likely names for first round. <laughs> yes. Devon Kinlaw. Great don't, point. Don't there. be yes. shocked. It's a question of will he be there at pick 15. But, guys, thank you for joining us. That's got to do it for today's episode. Sorry we – I mean, we're at 43 minutes, so it's not like we're cutting it short, short. But we would continue to go on. If we didn't get your question today, put it as a feather in the cap. Circle back. Tomorrow's the Mile High Mailbag. And – uh we will we'll get to your questions, I promise you. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, as you know, simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And then I want to just draw your attention. Obviously, this hat is on my head. You can see that easily. But I just want to show you guys some of the options uh, that are available to you here on the merch store that is created simply by your popular demand these these three on the top are the are the best sellers so far on top and well the original best seller is this white t-shirt at the bottom as you guys know i'm wearing one right now but these are the three newest products and so it's no surprise that they have been the best seller but you guys go check that out huddleuppod.com and get what you want it's just another great way to uh, support the show that's got to do it for today's episode of the huddle up podcast i hit the wrong button there my apologies you guys Thank you for joining us. As always, make sure you're following also my partner, Zach Kelberman on Twitter, as you can see here, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And Zach, stay safe in New York, or we'll talk again tomorrow night, bro. I'll try, and uh, my Wi-Fi is starting to cut out, so I, I apologize for that. But everyone tune in tomorrow, our mailbag time, favorite pod of the week. We'll see you then. All right, guys, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, for this week's Mile High Mailbag. See you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.